What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. And this week, we're talking about television. (laughs) I know I just said it. This is a movie newsletter, a movie podcast, but TV is movies now. I mean, that is like an undeniable fact. We're talking to talk about just the enormous amount of TV shows that five, ten years ago would have all been movies. Which ones should be should you be watching? Uh, do you have time to watch all those? And should all these TV shows really be made? Plus, we're going to be talking about Cyrano, the uh, movie musical from Joe Wright and starring Peter Dinklage that kept getting delayed and kept getting delayed but it's finally out there in theaters and i went to see it so you'll you'll get my review of that one and of course some streaming suggestions for your weekend um a quick note this actually isn't in the newsletter but i wanted to mention it for those that listen to the podcast this past weekend was the sag awards which felt like really the beginning of uh the big the big awards as far as award season goes and in a surprising upset coda won uh, the best ensemble for dra- the drama category. That was a, a huge upset. And as you all know, I loved Coda. I watched it uh, twice last year. It was my number two movie of the year. And it was really an awards underdog. And now I guess it really has to be considered in the best picture race. I don't think it is going to win personally, but uh, Troy Kotzer, who plays the dad in Coda, is now a favorite to win um, best supporting actor, which is really, really cool. So especially for a, mo- a small movie like that, Pretty cool to see uh, the awards recognition. That is the awards uh, apparatus working as it should, giving spotlight to undeserving movies um, that that most people haven't seen and will probably check out because of the awards. Anyways, enough optimism, right? (laughs) Let's talk about television. When True Detective premiered on HBO in 2014, it was a revelation. The idea of seeing movie stars like Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson on the small screen telling one story across eight parts, it was unheard of at the time. When it created the same kind of cultural impact of a blockbuster movie, the phenomenon became a watershed moment for the entertainment industry. And so the limited event series was born. Over the next half dozen years, it boomed to the point where it sang all the good movies or TV shows can only earn the response, yeah, duh. Last April, I listed nine miniseries that are basically some of the best movies of the past decade in my newsletter. You can go back and search for that one. Uh, and they were they were basically just movies. They were just extended and cut into episodic form. However, the year 2022 will test that hypothesis. Not because TV shows have gotten worse or movies have gotten on the whole better, Lord knows they haven't. It's simply that we've exceeded the TV storytelling saturation point. If a great limited series falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Below is a quick list of shows which aired new episodes in just the last month. So every show I'm going to list came out or had new episodes come out in just the last month. Each of which would have almost certainly been a two-hour feature film in the pre-True Detective era in each of which deserve the individual attention of a wide distribution theatrical release for the reasons I will lay out. So, let's play a game. How many of the shows that I'm about to name have you watched an episode of, 
And how many of the shows that I'm about to name have you even heard of? All right, here we go. Let's start with Super Pumped, which is on Showtime. It's the story of Uber founder Travis Kalanick from the creators of Billions, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Kyle Chandler, and Uma Thurman. How about Severance on Apple TV Plus? It's a sci-fi miniseries directed entirely by Ben Stiller, where employees of a company cannot access the memories of outside work while at work, and vice versa, starring Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, Christopher Walken, and John Turturro. How about 1883 on Paramount Plus? It's a spinoff of the most popular show on television, Yellowstone, with the same creator, Taylor Sheridan, plus the star power of Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill. How about The Dropout on Hulu? From the creator of New Girl, Amanda Seyfried is Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of the fraudulent health startup Theranos, which just went through a very very highly publicized trial. Pam and Tommy on Hulu. The story of the Pam Anderson-Tommy Lee sex tape with big talent. Lily James, Sebastian Stan, Seth Rogen, Nick Offerman. How about Winning Time on HBO Max? The story of the, the backstory of the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty of the 1980s, produced by Adam McKay, the guy who made Anchorman, The Big Short, Don't Look Up, also producer of Succession. And this show is de- de- depicting celebs no less famous than Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Jack Nicholson, Pat Riley, and Richard Pryor. Have you heard of Genius, the Kanye trilogy on Netflix? It's a three-part documentary about the incredible rise and bizarre life of Kanye West with hundreds of hours of never-before-seen behind-the-scenes footage. How about Joe versus Carol on Peacock? Yep, it's a narrativized account of the Tiger King story with SNL star Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin. Station Eleven on HBO Max, a critical darling set in the post-apocalyptic world with emotional interlocking stories. This show is going to clean up at next year's Emmy Awards. Have you heard of Yellow Jackets on Showtime? The surprise phenomenon of the year about a female soccer team whose plane crashes in the forest and they go full on Lord of the Flies. It's another critical hit that'll win whatever awards Station Eleven leaves behind. And Inventing Anna on Netflix. It's the pulpy true crime story of a young woman who scams her way into the inner circles of New York City's rich and powerful, starring Julia Garner of Ozark fame, and show run by Shonda Rhimes, who did Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, Bridgerton, literally one of the most powerful producers on the planet right now. That's just a short list. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 show-slash-movies right there. And I didn't include recurring shows which debuted or returned in the past month. These entries were designed as more traditional TV shows and would have been TV shows even 10 years ago. I'm talking about Euphoria, which is likely the current cultural TV title belt holder. Reacher, which was a big hit. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, season three is back out. That's a big hit show. Space Force, season two. And that show has you know Steve Carell and John Malkovich and StackCast. The, Af- the After Party, StackCast. Our Flag Means Death from an Oscar-nominated director and filmmaker in Taika Waititi. Wheel of Time and Foundation, these enormously expensive sci-fi shows. I'm certain I've forgotten some. That's so many shows. Which of these shows is worth watching? I mean, all of them, but you can't. Nobody, and I mean nobody, could keep up with all those, not even if it was your full-time job. And I know because the full-time TV reviewers who I read and listen to on podcasts admit as much. And no, I realize economic models are what they are, and incentives now preside with grabbing and capturing viewers' attention for the most amount of time possible. My point is this. The pendulum has swung too far.
if anything from the top from that list that I just listed would have been made into a movie over the past month, it would have been the movie of the year so far. For the amount of money used to create and then market these miniseries in an incredibly crowded landscape, you could fund a movie as counter-programming in what would end up being, I think, a relatively low-risk proposition, especially at this point of the calendar, a polished, small-budget studio film that could dominate the conversation without needing to have awards aspirations. Even if the box office model is broken, it may not be, as Uncharted is at $231 million worldwide and might reach that symbolic threshold of $100 million domestic, eventizing a streaming-only movie could land different with audiences. Speaking to my own consumer habits, I can get intimidated by the time commitment of a 4-10 to hour miniseries if I'm not sure it's going to be good, or I watch a pilot episode and then decide the rest of the project isn't worth my time. The beauty of a movie is its scarcity. It's a single two-hour experience that serves me beginning, middle, and end. And as for the word-of-mouth buzz, there's more freedom to talk with friends who have either seen it or they haven't, rather than the delicate dance of, oh, wait, have you seen the part where... and then ending the conversation as to avoid spoilers. Perhaps I'm overly optimistic or simply wish-casting what I want to have happen. I am, after all, just a guy with a, a movie podcast. But after watching a lot of pilot episodes in preparation for this newsletter, I can say for certain that most of these shows could use some heavy editing in a more focused story. So hey, if you're going to make shows that are basically watered-down movies, why not just make some movies that would be better anyways? Okay, every week I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week's something new is playing in theaters. It's Cyrano. I really like Joe Wright's movies because I always kind of know what I'm going to get. Melodrama, visual flair, and extremely British sensibilities. His quintessential directorial effort is Pride and Prejudice, though, of course, Atonement and Anna Karenina don't fall far from that tree. On paper, nothing could fit his European style more than the story of Cyrano de Bergerac, a 19th century French play about a man with a giant nose who doesn't feel good enough for the woman he loves. But this movie is an adaptation of the 2018 American stage production, which turned the classic story into a musical using the moody, moody rock stylings of contemporary band The National. Much of that cast stayed on, and here the three lead roles are played by Americans. Peter Dinklage, Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Haley Bennett, though perhaps the last one is less of a surprise since Bennett and Wright are romantically attached. It's a product that simply doesn't fit its director. Wright, who maintains his impeccable visual style here, seemed entirely out of his element during early stages of the movie, calling for whimsical action or lighthearted folly. It finds its footing in the supreme tragedy of the story, but fails to develop any of its characters to the point that they can be empathized with. The unforgivable sin, for any musical, is when viewers feel the unshakable urge to groan any time a scene transitions into a song. In that regard, this was the highest score on my eye-roll meter since Dear Evan Hansen, compounded by the fact that there really are only three or four song refrains, which appear to be repeated several times throughout the movie. I won't turn my back on right, and let the record show I'm a huge fan of Harrison Jr., who is the best part of this movie, but this effort was disappointing and can be safely avoided. This week's Something Old, it came out in 1991, it's Father of the Bride. Speaking of 
TV shows that should be movies, it's important to point out the trend that successful movies of the past are being remade now as TV shows, up to and including White Man Can't Jump. Not that this Steve Martin sentimental comedy is some sort of sacred text. It is itself a remake of a 1950 movie starring Spencer Tracy, Joan Bennett, and Elizabeth Taylor, and the movie would go on to spawn a sequel of its own in 1995. But Martin has really never been better than as a father here, surprised by his daughter's pregnancy, only to stumble into a surprise pregnancy of his own with wife Diane Keaton. Flanked by Martin Short and a young Kieran Culkin, it's funny and it's cute and it, that very specific way that makes you really want to like hug your parents or children or both. The TV reboot couldn't possibly live up. This week, something to stream is on HBO Max. It's West Side Story. I've been in the habit uh, in this podcast and on my newsletter uh, of letting you all know when the best movies of last year finally hit streaming because they all pretty much flopped at the box office across the board. So, ding, ding, ding. I wrote in my full review back in December, which you can, again, see at my newsletter, macreg.substack.com, that Steven Spielberg somehow managed to improve on the 10-time Oscar-winning original in every single way, creating a vibrant and energetic playground that more than holds its own against Steven Sondheim's towering music. I ranked it as my number four movie of last year. It's fantastic, and you should really check it out, even if you don't normally like musicals. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. As I mentioned, uh, you can head over to the newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com. There, every week, I have something called Trailer Watch, and this week's Trailer Watch is Bullet Train, which is this new movie uh, from director David Leach, who's like a you know an action comedy director. He did Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, Atomic Blonde. Anyway, here's why you should care about this movie. It's basically Brad Pitt on a train in an action comedy, and starring beside him is Sandra Bullock, Zazie Beetz, Brian Tyree Henry, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Joey King, Michael Shannon, and Bad Bunny. <laughs> it's crazy. It seems like they basically everyone I just listed is uh, some sort of like hired assassin, and they're all going over this one briefcase, but they're all you know kind of like wisecracking and uh, jaw cracking, you know, <laughs> each other. Um, it's great, and I really can't wait. Like it looks like so much fun. So. Head over to the newsletter. You can check out um, that trailer. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig to let me know if you watched any of the movies I recommended or any of the shows that I may have recommended, may not. I probably haven't seen them. <laughs> uh, and let me know what I should be watching. So again, at Mr. Matt Craig on Twitter or through my newsletter, uh, email back to the newsletter and I will get that straight to my inbox. Um, next week... I'm going to have to look at the schedule. I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of thrown off. Uh, Oh, wait, no, no. Next week is the Batman. I've been waiting for the Batman. Of course, we're going to be talking about the Batman. Huge movie, very highly anticipated movie. You're going to want to stick around until next Friday to talk about that. But until then, I guess I'll see you at the movies.